Hi, lacrosse fans. Welcome back to episode number 28 of the Sticks and Picks lacrosse podcast presented by Lacrosse Unlimited. Lacrosse Unlimited has provided the best equipment, apparel, and lacrosse footwear since 1990. Be sure to check out their website at lacrosseunlimited.com for all your lacrosse needs. I'm your host, Will Pechnig, alongside co-host Jake Fox. In today's episode, we talk to Holden and Hunter Garlett about their lacrosse and hockey careers. The Garland brothers talk about why they wear number 65 and what that number means to them. They clash it out with our Battle of the Brothers segment and share some awesome stories about their grief process and what they have done to help other children out during the grieving process. We're joined by two brothers from Thoral, Ontario, both who grew up playing minor lacrosse with the St. Catharines Minor Lacrosse Association, but they both decided to take different paths in their athletic careers, one sticking with lacrosse and becoming a National Lacrosse League player, and the other taking the hockey route, becoming a professional hockey player. Welcome, Hunter and Holden Garland. Thanks for having us. I think this is exciting. This is our first true hockey lacrosse brother duo, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Hunter, you, you grew up playing a bit, but uh, you took the other route. And uh, the more, uh, oh, you probably make more than me and uh, me and uh, Holden. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I miss it every day, to be honest. Um, when I get home, I love grabbing a stick and playing with Holden a bit. I still love to give him a hard time, say I'd be able to walk <laughs> yeah, once in a while. So, uh, so now we still have a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, I, I still – hate to admit it sometimes but it's definitely my favorite sport we're uh we're gonna dive into your minor lacrosse here uh just kind of talk about how how you guys got involved with the game of lacrosse hunter you being the older brother we'll kind of start with you and uh what what really got you involved with uh lacrosse um i think for for me it was uh you know being a hockey guy and coming from a hockey family uh dad never played lacrosse but you know, I, I think he liked the physical sport. We weren't going to be, you know, uh, no disrespect, but we weren't going <laughs> to be playing soccer or anything like that. So he, uh, you know, he pushed us to lacrosse way, even having no clue what it was about. And uh, we fell in love. Holden uh, jumped in a few years early, probably lied about his birth year and uh, was playing in diapers right when we started yeah. <laughs> from a young age. So, uh, you know, loved it right away. And I, I think it's got a lot of similarities to hockey. So, uh, we both just jumped on board and, and wanted to play every summer. Holy, how was it for you? For me, I uh, I was pretty young, like Hunter said. I think I was still wearing diapers, so I was probably one years old and sitting behind the bench crying watching him play, so I kind of begged my mom and dad to throw me in there. So next year, the, the following year, they uh, lied about my birthday. They still tell me and uh, threw me in there, and I'd play a period and then sit behind the bench for the other two, so. It was fun. You guys both grew up playing for St. Catharines. Uh, you guys are actually the first kind of St. Catharines guys we talked to. Talk about what uh, lacrosse is like in St. Catharines and how it might differ from other areas. I lost you there. Differ from other areas, did you say? Yeah, talk about how St. Yeah. Catharines is kind of a different uh, lacrosse hotbed compared to someone like Peterborough or Whitby or something like that. Yeah, uh, well, definitely. You got, you got great players coming out, out of St. Catharines. You still got vino in the league um steinhouse still plays summer ball you got billy d coach in halifax so it's a lot of a lot of tradition definitely um 
especially in our old arena, BBA, it was called Bill Burgoing. Uh, the, the walls would be sweating. That place is so small, right? So it was definitely, definitely great to play in there. Uh, won a few mental cups there, the older, the older, uh, older guys that used to play. So there's a lot of, a lot of tradition, a lot of rich tradition in St. Catharines and it's nice to be a part of it. Hunter, what was it like for you? Yeah, I think pretty similar. Uh, like I said, not coming from the lacrosse family. Um, I remember those junior A teams with, you know, uh, Steinhouse, Billy D, Vino, uh, Sean Greenhall, and and that's kind of how we fell in love with it. It was, uh, like Olden said, a rink that probably comfortably sat about 400 people, and they were <laughs> lined up on the glass about five rows back, tapping pennies behind the other team's net and whatnot, and it turned into a bit of a party. So uh, it was hard not to love lacrosse when that was going on. And, um, you know, our age group uh, – a lot of us played sports year round together, whether it was hockey and then right into lacrosse season. So, uh, built a lot of good relationships off that. Uh, you guys were both fortunate enough to represent Team Ontario at the national level. Uh, Holden, you were in field lacrosse. Hunter, you played box. Uh, Hunter, your team was pretty interesting because uh, there were, I think, five guys between you, Will, uh, Nick Ritchie. Uh, Brandon Robinson and Brody Milne, uh, who all played on that Bantam Team Ontario team, who uh, took the hockey route. Uh, so talk about that team for you and uh, kind of that connection you guys had. And then I think you guys, most of you guys played each other in the O afterwards. Yeah, um, as a team, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we were successful in winning gold and, uh, you know, not in an arrogant way. We didn't face too much adversity. I'm sure Will can kind of attest to that. And, uh, you know, it was a fun team to be a part of. And, um, yeah, when it comes to the hockey side, like I said, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, uh, you know, whether it's the hand eye or the speed of the game, physicality and, you know, working in small areas. So, um, as hockey guys, I think you fed off that in lacrosse as well. And, um, yeah, those guys all became, you know, Will and, and the other four guys there were were kind of my best buddies on that team, and, and we moved into junior. I was lucky enough to – I played with Milner and Guelph, actually, so we continued our relationship, and uh, a lot of our conversations over a beer or whatnot were talking about lacrosse and how much we missed it. And same with Richie. Uh, we used to get into it a lot and talk about, you know, whether it was an Orangeville-St. Catharines rivalry when we were in Peterborough together or, uh, or get out when we first got to town. It was always when uh, – when the uh, Lakers were playing around the finals against Nation, so we'd get to go watch them at the Memorial Center. And, and you know, you're always uh, – you know, I don't want to say you regret the decision, but you wish you could put the lacrosse stick back in your hands at times, and, and especially when you're watching a game. Holden, uh, you went on to play junior lacrosse in St. Catharines and then, uh, you know, uh, got traded your last season and won a Minto with the Arrows. Uh, screw yep. you for that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, were you in St. Catharines when we had that, uh, bench clearing brawl at the end of the game? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I, me and Millie actually started it and ended up fighting in the corner. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw him at boots and hearts like a couple weeks later and we were laughing about it. So yeah, it was all good, but I was young in the league. I think we were 16 and 17 or something, me and you. So no, that was definitely, uh, that was in Bilber going. So a lot of tradition in there. I remember that, and uh, I think I grabbed Jeff Wittig, and I just said, 
you're nuts. I'm holding on to you because I'm not letting you grab anyone else. And he he got away and he had yeah, grabbing he a couple away. guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's uh, a video on YouTube and you see him just running around sucky sucky and everyone. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to post that uh that link. That was uh oh, yeah. that's that's sometimes how she goes and box across. Uh and then yeah. obviously you uh you won the Minto, like we said, with six days. Just talk about transitioning from St. Catharines to uh going to play on the res in six and uh, yeah. what that whole experience was like for you. Uh so I got traded the day that we had a game actually. So that night I had to go go to six nations and I was obviously a little nervous. I, I know I was a last year guy and we were going for a playoff run, but I, I grew up battling against all of those guys for my entire life. So I didn't know what, what to expect when I walked into the room, but everyone was awesome with me. You know, they're, they're great guys and uh, they have a lot of fun and they're good at lacrosse. So we bonded pretty well and uh, went on to sweep the entire playoffs and it really wasn't, very close and won a Minto, which was a lifelong dream. So it was definitely a dream come true. I remember us uh, DMing each other on uh, trade deadline day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you messaged me, I just got Delta Six. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? I was like, I, I, I think, I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up sticking it out in Peterborough, which obviously uh, I loved, but I still, I still hate you for winning that Minto. Yeah. It was definitely a tough decision for me, but. They got something good in return with Jake McNabb. So I think St. Catharines and the Arrows both benefited from the trade, which was nice. Yeah, and that for sure. I mean, winning a, a Minnow Cup is obviously something you'll remember for the rest of your life. And uh, kind of going back to Hunter here and your decision to choose the hockey route over lacrosse and, and playing in the OHL, you were a first-round pick to the Guelph Storm then eventually got traded to uh, the Peterborough Peets alongside Nick Ritchie. Um, what kind of went into that decision to choose hockey over lacrosse? And can you kind of just talk about uh, how it was a little easier to maybe play with a guy like Brody Milne or, or Nick Ritchie, guys you knew coming into those teams and how uh, maybe that lacrosse kind of thing, that connection you guys had, how it was easier for you two to uh, kind of play together? Yeah. Um, when it comes to the decision, it was kind of, you know, played that last summer lacrosse before my minor midget year. And, uh, the big thing was, you know, my parents were huge on school and whatnot. So it was kind of, you know, I didn't think I'd have to make a decision that fast, to be honest. And, uh, you know, our season with, uh, with Welland on my AAA team was really successful that year. And, uh, I remember my dad kind of sitting me down around February and saying, listen, bud, like, don't even think about the OHL unless you're lucky enough to, to go, uh, in the first round, I'm sending you to school, you're getting an education. So, um, I was fortunate to obviously uh, go the hockey way with where I was picked uh, growing up watching the ice dogs and stuff. And uh, obviously it was a dream to play in the O. So toughest thing I ever did was, was giving up lacrosse, but at the same time, um, you know, hockey was my, my first love. So uh, I was really excited about the opportunity. Uh, when it comes to playing with those guys, uh, like I said, I think, you know, whether it was, those are the kind of guys you have the bonds with, right? You play year round together, whether it's playing against each other or spring hockey together. And then you go to the summer and, you know, you're playing lacrosse or seeing each other at provincials or whatnot. And you end up playing mini sticks outside the hotel or something, right? Even if they were your opponent in the afternoon. So um, those are the guys that I was closest with when I played hockey with them as well. He always had, you know, something to shoot the shit about and 
um, you know, when you wanted to get away from one sport, you kind of talked about the other one, right? And, um, and you know, I think uh, all of us can attest to it. Lacrosse guys got a bit of a different nature to them, I think. So uh, <laughs> you just kind of connect on a different level. I think we're all a little bit, a little bit crazy, a little different. So uh, we had a lot of fun because of it. And, um, really enjoyed our time together. Obviously, Holden, you were uh, sent the school route. Uh, yep. uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure Hunter's probably a little happy and have to go through that, but uh, <laughs> you ended up going to Canisius College and uh, playing a few years there, a couple first team All Mac and everything like that, and winning the Mac your last year there. Uh, talk about your experience at Canisius, and uh, we just had Connor Kiernan on, and uh, he uh, he's telling us some good uh, some good tales of you guys becoming good buddies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we left some stuff out, but, uh, no, like, like Kearney probably talked about, like lacrosse is one thing when you go to school, being a student athlete is another, but the guys you meet there are second to none, right? Like the guys I lived with Kearney, um, bunch of other guys are guys who are going to be in my wedding party. Gonna, gonna be there when I get married, they'll be there for everything. Right. So definitely made lifelong brothers and friends. So I don't regret Canisius for a second. I only went for three years, kind of slacked off a little bit my later years of high school. So had to do Niagara College for a year to get the grades up. Um, but it all it all worked out. Oh, God, that's great. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go into some fun stuff now. We're going to let you guys argue with each other a bit. We're going to do our oh. Battle of the Brothers segment. So... Um, we got a handful of questions here and we're going to let you guys decide which brother is uh, better at which topic here. So, uh, you boys ready to do this or what? Oh yeah. yeah. No problem. All right. <laughs> All right. The first one, who's the better athlete? I got to give it to him to be honest. Hunter is for sure. <laughs> at least he wasn't back in the day. We'll Hunter, see now. You agree with that? Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that one. I'll leave it at that, but I won't argue it. <laughs> What's athlete though? Like, what are we talking here? Hockey. Like, you putting us together. through a combine? You putting us through a combine test? Holden's proud of himself because he got to six two and he can bench press. Like, that doesn't make you an athlete. <laughs> oh <right>? fuck! <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, See, but I don't know how his speed is now on uh, on foot. He hasn't ran in years. He's been skating. I probably got him in that category too. So. No, but he's just good at stupid things. Like, we'll play ping pong, and he should be playing ping pong professionally. Like, it's dumb. Like, golf, he's just good at it. Like, it's, it's stupid. So, that's athleticism if you want to count it. But put us in a combine test, I got him. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. He'll, he'll lift more weights. But when it comes to playing sports, if we're talking that kind of athlete, <laughs> I'll beat him in majority of them. Who was the better minor lacrosse player? Oh, him by far. I was a goalie for half my time, bud. <laughs> I was gonna Fun say. Fact, eh? I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know. I'm mean, gonna bump you up, and Hunter probably won't like it. But pretty sure Hunter won the scoring title for Team Ontario by about 20 points. Someone said. <laughs> like when we that Richie might have had him. Richie was there. Yeah, Rich was uh, there. Um, now, uh, when you talk about minor lacrosse. Um, I was lucky enough to be a beneficiary a lot, but you win championships with guys like old and it stuck like that. His whole career. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> in, in the junior and stuff. He was the steady Eddie. 
Yeah, I, I didn't know our goalie's name for all ten years of minor lacrosse, and and he was the guy who could do both both ways. So, um, you know, it depends how you look at it. <laughs> uh, who's got the better style in uh, terms of uh, dress attire? Pretty. Uh, we're into kind of the same thing, I would say. Yeah, we're into the same thing. I'd give it to hold. Oh yeah, I'll give it to hold on that one. Yeah, I got I got no problem throwing sweats on hold. Uh, I like to look good sometimes. Yeah, hold goes out in public a little more than I do. I think whether that's on a late Saturday night or or anywhere else, so, um, I think he likes to get dressed up a little more than I do. Uh, I'll say this: I've seen some photos of uh, Holden pregame uh, walking into the Barnes and Sask, and uh, yeah, you, you definitely like to overdo it a little bit, eh? Yeah, buddy, <laughs> looks good. It takes the attention off his face. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, who's better at video games? That's probably dead even right now. Back in the day when I was like eighth grade, oh my God, I was the best COD player you'll ever see. That's why he wasn't a good minor lacrosse player. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wasn't, that's why I wasn't good in school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now uh, we, when we're playing, we're playing together. Yeah, so. we play together. A lot of Warzone. All right. Uh, who's the better looking brother? It's me. This guy's missing teeth. <laughs> Play a tougher sport. <laughs> He's five foot four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People say we look alike. He's got a little bit of orange in his uh, in his hair, but he's got the height and stuff. I'll give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> who's the better driver? Uh, I have a ticket, so I'll give it to Hunter. <laughs> Hunter should have tickets. Is that literally the only difference? One ticket to none? Yeah. Do you have a ticket? No. No. Yeah. I got a ticket. I'll give it to him. That's a shit question. (laughs) (laughs) The next one's, uh, I mean, I think Hunter already kind of uh, wins this by default. Uh, Who's the better student? Oh, I win. I, I have a degree. He doesn't. I left early. He left early. I win. What do you mean? I got my act together. High school, I had way better marks. But... He gave you better marks. Who gave me better marks? <laughs> the teachers, because you came back from the O and they would just give you fucking answers. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> uh, who's the bigger mommy's boy? <laughs> what? The bigger mommy's boy. Yeah, you know, that's me. Don't ask till he was 14. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably me. I never had to leave home, so yeah. I lived in Sask, buddy. At twenty-three, before <laughs> then, when did you ever leave? You'll never leave. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> to make those big bucks in the NLL. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> who's in better shape? Uh, I don't know. Um. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm weighing in a little heavy right now, but I'm also taller, so you can't really take that into consideration. Old took the upper hand while he was at college. Yeah, that's kind of they force you to work out. But, um, I think it's a little different uh, when you're playing sixty games a year compared to twenty. You yeah, have a little more time to, to lift some weight. So, and he's a little more slender than I am because of those couple extra inches. I think it'd be pretty even if not. <laughs> 
Oh god, who uh who has a better chirp game? Who uh who talks more shit? I don't know. I'm always bickering at him, so so I I get I get gutty though. I say gutty oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh let's go in general like in games. Well, I I don't really I don't chirp that much in games unless we're getting we're losing or something cuz I'm not gonna lie, I don't really want to drop the gloves, but <laughs> lacrosse fights are a different different breed, so yeah, I don't fight, but uh, Will can probably attest to it from the hockey standpoint, <laughs> seeing as we were rivals and had to play each other eight games a year being in Oshawa and Peterborough. But I, I, I get a little lippy. I, I won't drop the gloves. They're good <laughs> on, but I'm pretty lippy. I'm sure Will can talk about it, but um, I'll, I'll give myself the edge on that one. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Who's got better social media, uh, I guess, page? Hunter doesn't post, so I got to take it. I'm one a year kind of guy. All right. That was simple. And then the last one, which I think uh, I know how near and dear holds this hold and holds this to his heart. Uh, who's got the better beard? Hunter lets his go more than me. I shape mine up a lot more than him, but we grow pretty similar beards. So he gets orange in his beard too, just like me. Mine's a little darker though. So I'll give it to myself though. <laughs> Mine's darker. I'll give it to me. No, me. <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty even. You guys were a lot better than the Curtin brothers are. They were kind of oh, arguing God. back and forth. Terrible. They were screaming at each other, and they <laughs> you guys are you guys are definitely, I think, a better duo of brothers together right now. So, but yeah, back to Hunter, we, we've heard him on Call of Duty screaming at each yeah. other. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's great. Can't get a word in with those guys. Holden, we'll kind of go to you now and back. Uh, you've started your professional career. You were the fourth overall pick to the Saskatchewan Rough. Can you kind of? Talk about draft day and what that meant to you and your family. Yeah, for sure. So I had uh, my mom, my grandparents, um, a couple other people there. My girlfriend was there. Uh, my coaches from Canisius actually made the trip up to Philly. Uh, and we were actually sitting beside Foxy's family, so that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I really – I didn't know what to expect. I had uh, – Ke- like Coach uh, Keenan talked to me a little bit before the draft, but he came in um, – literally five minutes before the draft started and just said, if you're there at four, we're going to take you um, unless anything crazy happens. So that was kind of a weight off my shoulders. But when I heard my name called, it was obviously amazing dream come true. Um, but I knew like the work was just getting started. Sask has been one of the best teams uh, in the league for the last five or so years. So definitely had to put in the work um, from September to, to the start of the season at uh, early December. So it was it was awesome and got to play every game until this whole corona started. So uh it was definitely a dream come true. Yeah, we spent a lot of time together on draft day. Uh yeah. we basically <laughs> got ready together, uh Ubered over together, uh <laughs> sat together, parents sat together. Uh it was definitely fun. Uh yeah. talk about uh Sask and playing in front of that rowdy uh fan base, man. They got one of the uh Oh yeah, one of the top fan bases in the league, and uh, talk about living in Sask in the uh, in the <laughs> middle of the winter because uh, yeah, that's uh, that's different. Uh, it's basically, uh, I guess you could talk. Uh, it's prairie land. So talk about how that yeah. is. So we'll start with the weather. Me and uh, so it was me, Justin Robinson, Connor Robinson, and uh, Mark Matthews. We all lived together, so definitely a good crew. Um, great guys. Mark was kind of the dad of the bunch. Um, at least on weekdays <laughs> and, uh, driving up, um, 
I actually drove to SAS, so it was about a 30-hour drive with J-Rob, and we pulled up, and it's minus 40, so it's definitely uh, definitely eye-opening, and couldn't even move outside. You're frozen, so uh, definitely a lot of time spent on video games, watching movies in the house with the guys, um, and then going to the lacrosse side of things, like the fans, you're just you're 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 literally an NHL player. It's crazy there. Like it's such a tight knit community that if you're walking with Mark because he's been on the team for eight years, like they'll notice you and they they stop you in the in Walmart and ask for a picture. Like it's crazy. Um, fans thirteen thousand a game. Like you, it's 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 surreal for for sure. So um, definitely definitely the best place to play and hope to be there for a lot more years. Yeah, no, sounds like a good time. And then, uh, obviously, in the summertime, you and me get to be teammates with the good old uh, Brooklyn Lacrosse Club. The BLC, baby. Oh, yeah. Talk about uh, what, what's that like? Talk kind of about the comparison of uh, you basically went through your first full NLL year and uh, talk about kind of differences you see in the NLL and then um, major series. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to shy away from it. But... Uh, in the uh msl or yeah msl um in brooklyn it's definitely a lot more laid back right you can you can definitely attest to that uh definitely not showing up at the ring two and a half hours before the game in a suit or anything like that you're wearing your your gym shorts and t-shirt pulling up an hour and 15 <laughs> before um but when you get on the floor it's obviously still competitive lacrosse right it's just uh just the whole numbers thing you need guys to show up every night and Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's hard in the summer. There's a lot of work commitments, and they don't pay you for missed work in the uh, in the summer ball. So um, I still love playing it. Brooklyn's a great place to play. Um, the guys are awesome. We have fun every game. So definitely wouldn't trade it for the world. But yeah, there's definitely a, a huge gap in competitiveness and just uh, off floor activities, I guess. Holds, you talked about uh, the weather in Saskatchewan. Um, Hunter, you kind of went a totally different route. Uh, <laughs> you left St. Mary's uh, University of CIS Hockey to sign your first professional contract in the National Predator system, and you, you ended up playing uh, with the Florida Everblades. Can you kind of talk about uh, your first year as a professional hockey player and how all that went? Yeah, um, I mean, from the hockey side, like like any sport, you got your ups and downs. Um, we don't got to get into that much, but uh, if we're talking about weather, uh, I was pretty fortunate. <laughs> you know, you're out of the rink every practice day at noon. Um, you either go play a $120 golf course for 20 bucks with a cart or you go sit by the pool. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard even when you're frustrated with the on-ice stuff. It's hard to uh, stay angry at the world when you're living in Fort Myers. So uh, I had a blast. Great group of guys. You know, you got – Will, you did it as well. You got 24 guys that live within, you know, 50 steps of each other. So, um, had a blast, a lot of friendships, a lot of fun had on, on weekends when our schedule slowed down a little bit. And, uh, you know, whether that was the beach or, or in the evening at the bar, but, um, loved my time in Florida and, you know, would love to be back there again next year. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure uh, for people who don't know hockey too well, you had 54 games played, you had 44 points, which is pretty impressive for uh, a rookie in professional hockey. So uh, kudos to you on that. Um, I'm going to get into a little something here. Uh, Holden, Hunter, and I all share something in common. Uh, 
our fathers passed away uh, suddenly. And we'll talk about Rob Garland here, uh, Holden Hunter's father. He passed away suddenly in 2014 from a heart attack. I'm going to start with uh, Hunter because I know I'm a little uh, better from playing with him in minor lacrosse days. But can you kind of explain why you guys wear uh, the number that you guys wear and uh, just kind of the the tradition that you guys are trying to pass on and uh, what uh, your father meant to you guys? Yeah, um, obviously, uh, as athletes, you know, um, your dad's kind of everything, right? Whether it's driving you to hockey practice at 6 a.m. or or every tournament or pep talk or, or music blaring on the way to a game, you know, it, it's always dad, right? Uh, as much as mom's your biggest fan, uh, you know, dad, dad's your guy when it comes to sports. So uh, he's meant everything to us as athletes. Um, for me, you know, majority of my memories are hockey tournaments or, or car rides. Um, I wear number 65 because that's his birth year. Uh, I never wore it before I got to St. Mary's. Um, but finally, when I was allowed to pick any number I wanted, uh, I thought it would be an awesome way to represent him in every game with how much he's meant to my career. Uh, you know, it was just uh, a way to play every game for him and, and always have a reminder. So, uh, you know, it's been special. Uh, his name's on every one of my sticks. Um, you know, I always say a prayer before every game. And, and like I said, he's, uh, you know, he's my motivation night in, night out. Holds, you wear number 65 as well. Can you kind of explain what that means to you and uh, how he's influenced your uh, professional lacrosse career? Yeah, for sure. Hunter uh, pretty much touched upon everything, but the best memories are him driving, like he said, to tournaments, staying in those hotels, um, just all the little stuff, right? You really remember it after after they pass. You remember all the little stuff, but like he said, mom's your uh, your biggest fan, but dad's your dad's your supporter and your critic, right? So there was always a special place um, with a, a father and son bond, and I know Hunter shared that in hockey. Uh, pretty deeply with my dad and I definitely shared in lacrosse he didn't know as much about lacrosse as he did his hockey but he was still there and he knew if I played like shit he I would hear it so he he still knew what was going on and um just like I saw Hunter switch to number 65 so started wearing it in Brooklyn and I tried to wear it in Sask I'm wearing number 70 um for my mom's birth year actually so kind of carrying on that tradition uh but yeah, if sixty five ever comes available, I'm sure I'll probably switch my number. So, yeah, no, that, that's great, and I think it's a it's a great tradition. I wear sixty five as well for the same reason. That was my dad's professional football number. So, um, it's just it's just something cool that I think we all get to experience and kind of honor our our loved ones in in that uh, type of way. Um, second thing I want to ask you kind of about your dad. Uh, you guys are both willing. Uh, to kind of use your story uh, and being professional athletes, you guys have a platform and I know Hunter, you did a lot of work down in South Florida here this past season, uh, working with children who uh, are grieving the loss of a loved one. Can you kind of talk about uh, your, your voice as a professional athlete and what you can do to help others who are grieving? Yeah. Um, it, first and foremost, it was the most special and rewarding thing I've ever done. And, uh, I owe a lot to you for that. I know with your Wills Warriors, uh, I always followed it. Um, and it was something I always wanted to do. And uh, being Ontario guys, I, I didn't really know that there was anything that was a grieving center, to be honest. And, uh, you know, with conversations when we came to Fort Wayne and played you and you uh, 
you know, gave me some insight on how to, how to get it started. I was lucky enough to find one in South Florida. Um, I attended a, a few different events for them and would just go to little uh, mentorship groups with the kids, you know, talk about uh, my past experience and how I coped with things or, or continue to cope with things and then would let the kids, you know, kind of ask questions. And I, I feel like, you know, as much as uh, in some eyes, I might be an adult. Uh, I, I see myself as a younger person who, you know, can be a role model to them without being, you know, someone uh, their, their parents age, right? And maybe someone they're more comfortable to talk to. So um, it was very special. And, and like I said, very rewarding. Um, the kids really opened up when I talked to them. And then uh, I was lucky enough to have six of them at a game right before our season ended, which was going to continue into playoffs. But uh, unfortunately with the Corona stuff, it, it ended early, but I had them to the game, was able to give them a, you know, a tour of the locker room and sign some stuff, take some pictures and, uh, you know, to see the smile on the kids' faces and just an outing for them and their families. Uh, you know, it definitely brought a tear to my eye, but, uh, but a smile at the same time. So, uh, I've had a blast with everything I've done. Yeah, exactly. And I know those kids are, are very thankful for what you do. And, and same thing goes to you, Holden. I know you were very willing last uh, summer to help out uh, with the same type of thing. And it just didn't work out with the, the yeah. Brooklyn's uh, lacrosse club schedule being uh, 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. It's tough, yeah. for those, tough for those younger kids to come on school nights. But I know you do a lot of work in the Saskatchewan community. And I know you've used your story as kind of a a way to be a role model to a lot of the younger youth. Can you just kind of talk about using your, your kind of story as a platform and being a professional athlete and how that kind of helps uh, younger kids and youth look up to you? For sure. Uh, like you said, we tried to get it going in Brooklyn. It's just the schedule is kind of tough to, uh, to for those younger kids on school nights, uh, late nights on Wednesdays. So, um, yeah, uh, I admire what, what you do, Will, and bring my brother on board. He can really have a big impact at his games and stuff. I haven't really brought it to uh, the Saskatchewan room yet. I, it's definitely something I will, I will work for in the future and the, hopefully come next season. But I definitely have, have share, shared my stories with, with a lot of kids and kids who are grieving, and they, they always come to me for, for help and stuff. A lot of kids even in Niagara know my story, so – they, uh, they, I, I don't know about Hunter, but even our friends have came who have lost a loved one to me and just asked more like, how, how do you cope? And I just, I just tell them my story and how, how to really, how to move on because you, you got to keep moving, right? You can't, you can't get stuck. So, um, yeah, I hope to bring it to the professional level and, uh, bring it in, in Saskatoon and hopefully I can next season and help, help as many kids as I can. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we all know that your dad, Rob, is looking down on both of you guys. So proud of everything that you guys accomplished in your professional careers and, and everything that you guys do on and off the ice and off the uh, field or floor. So he's, uh, he's pretty proud of you guys. We're going to go into our next uh, little thing, our final segment here. Uh, Jake and I uh, understand that there's been a lot of abuse towards the officials and not just in lacrosse in general, but in all sports. And uh, we just got to remember that uh, the referees are part of the game as well. And uh, Holds, I'm going to start with you here first. Who's your favorite lacrosse referee and why? Um, I'd have to go with Ecclestone. Uh, 
I'm not, I'm not giving him credit that he makes the best calls. I'm just saying that, um, on the floor every time in, in summer, especially he's always, he's always joking around with the guys. So he keeps it light, uh, when he, when he can and definitely cracks down when he has to, but he'll chirp me. I'll chirp him back and he's, he's all fun. So I, th- I think he's a pretty good ref. No, that's great. Hans, what about you? I know it's been a little while since you play lacrosse. You can use a hockey referee if you want, but uh, it's totally up to you. Who's your favorite uh, official and why? Yeah, for uh, for lacrosse, obviously, I only have a minor to go on, but I'm going to use uh, use Nurse. Just uh, <laughs> just being a young guy, I remember he, he brought so much energy to the game. You know, he had a lot of refs who, you know, it, it's tough for them. They're probably doing multiple games in a row, and they really – a lot of them seem like they don't want to be there. He was always bouncing around and I, I won't give him the benefit of the doubt on his calls, but he was, he was loud. He was, you know what I mean? He, he, he brought an entertainment to a, even a minor game, but uh, my favorite ref of all time has got to be uh, out of hockey. He's out of the Guelph area is Dusty McCrank. He's an OHL ref. Um, <laughs> that is one guy who, if I could go back to my years in Guelph and sit down and have a beer with someone who wasn't on my team, he's the guy. And, just uh same thing just a loud ref love coming by the bench and throwing little shots at guys or or chirping or asking where guys were headed after a game he was just he's just a character he was you know he was a boy in a man's body and uh just a lot of fun to be on the ice with. yeah you guys both brought up kind of the subject of like having communication with players uh, between officials if uh holden i'll ask you first if there's anything as players or athletes that we could do to help benefit uh, referees or officials during the games. What do you think we could work on to limit the abuse towards them? Um, definitely don't come at them as hard as some people do, right? They, <laughs> a lot of players are pretty quick to drop the F-bomb around them, call them, call them different names and stuff. Um, but a lot of refs, they got to they gotta give us the benefit of being able to communicate with us, right? I, as we all know, a lot of refs will – as soon as you open your mouth, they're already their hands already going up or something. They're already giving you giving you a ten. So especially in summer ball, I know the abuse thing. Um, it's got to be got to be eliminated from the game, and that starts with the players, right? But it can it can be a two way street. There's just got to be a good line of communication. That's all. That's all I feel. So I've never been one to to fully give it to a ref that bad. So um, I just hope other players can can respect them just like they should respect us. Hans, do you think there's anything that uh, we as players could give to officials, either whether it's in lacrosse or in hockey? Yeah, I think the easiest uh, thing I can say is, you know, being in the uh, East Coast League this year, you kind of get the same refs every game. So I I think the easiest thing, and it touches on what Hold said, is kind of building a relationship, really. You know, if you chirp a guy, it's the same as if they chirp us, we're – you know, we're all, we're all grown men. Nobody's going to react well to being called something they don't want to be called. And you're going to, you know, get your back up and be ready to fight whether you can or, or can't. So uh, I think just the ability, you know, time and a place for everything was, was my biggest thing. I think I found with the refs this year uh, in Florida was, you know, grab them in a, in a TV timeout and, and just, you know, have a civil conversation with them and let that bad call or, or something you didn't agree with kind of settle down before you just turn and rip on them. Right. I, I found that it was very beneficial, uh, not only to a relationship, but also, you know, kind of understanding the game a little more, obviously there's little, I, I don't know 
how much the rules change from junior to pro and lacrosse or if there's any real changes. But, uh, you know, whether it's the icings or whatnot in hockey, there's a lot of things that are a little bit different and whatnot, right? And they, I think if you give them the time of day and talk to them like like humans, which they don't get very often, mm-hmm. I think that's when uh, uh, that's when you get the most uh, benefit out of it. And, you know, you might get a call your way once in a while from doing that too. So it's probably a good good way to go for a player. Yeah, exactly. You guys both touched on on the open dialogue uh, kind of topic with the officials and Hunter, you said it great there. They're referees are humans uh, as well. And everyone makes mistakes and officials are part of the game and they make mistakes too. So um, I think that's uh, things that we can really lean on and try to help benefit the officials uh, in all sports, not just lacrosse, but uh, it's great to have open dialogue and definitely uh, remind yourself that they're human as well. Uh, We really appreciate you guys uh, taking your time to come on and talk to us here and wish you all the best of luck in your future uh, professional hockey and lacrosse careers and uh, appreciate you sharing your stories about uh, having a platform as athletes and kind of your, your story about your dad and how you guys honor him. I think it's great and uh, we appreciate it having you guys on here. Awesome. Thanks a lot, fellas. Yeah, thank you. Thanks boys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Sticks and Picks Lacrosse Podcast presented by Lacrosse Unlimited. Don't forget to check out their website at lacrosseunlimited.com for all your lacrosse needs. A big thank you to True Lacrosse for their continued support in growing the game lacrosse through our podcast. True Lacrosse provides lacrosse athletes with top-of-the-line equipment and sticks in today's game. Follow us on our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram at StixPicksLax and on Facebook at Sticks and Picks Lacrosse for more lacrosse content, future episode releases, and some awesome lacrosse giveaways. We are currently giving away another True Comp SF 4.0 shaft. Head over to our Instagram page for more details. Every Thursday night, you can watch major series lacrosse games on Facebook for free and you can also enter the 50-50 contest to win some cash.